Hey guys, welcome back to the M&M Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. Uh, we got a busy week of news and stuff to break down this week, so let's just get into a trio of Edmonton news from the week. Um, I guess it would actually make sense. We'll start with the uh, Weidman trade. I was thinking maybe we do the other stuff that happened before, but we'll talk from Ottawa and Edmonton's perspective. So as we record this, it is Thursday evening or Thursday night, Thanksgiving for the States. Chris Weidman got dealt to the Edmonton Oilers for a sixth round pick in 2020. Um, what are your thoughts on this trade? Um, am I an Edmonton fan or a, a Sens fan in this scenario? Let's go either or. Do one of each. Like, if I'm the Sens, I am really, really confused. Or a Sens fan, I'm really confused by this. That's accurate. So, there's a couple different takes I've seen on here that I think make sense to me. Um, for me personally, I've never really thought that Boucher has liked Chris Weidman. Um, no. For years <laughs> now, clear. Sean Tierney has put out those charts where it's like the most underused, overused players. Yep. And every time, Chris Weidman is just up in the top corner for underused. What is it about him that makes him like... Well, I, I've heard rumors he's like a partying type guy from... Okay. But like I don't I don't know if that's true and I mean the Uber video didn't help. <laughs> probably did like he was know. the guy in the front seat in the Uber video that didn't help. And like yeah I don't know because like he's always had great underlying numbers but he's just never like last year when he got hurt he tore his hamstring or something like that remember that yeah he was playing forward at that point like <laughs> they were playing eleven forward seven D but playing Weidman up at forward and that's how like little use he was getting. And so he, he had that bad injury. He came back and played, I think, a few games near the end of the year. And I was surprised they re-signed him. I didn't think they would. I thought they were going to let him walk because I didn't think Boucher really liked him. And then even this year, like at the beginning of the year, he got more minutes. And then they just kind of sought decline. And then right as that Uber video came out, that game, he had seven minutes of ice time. So I don't know if he was getting punished for that or what. And so I've seen some people say that this is punishment for the Uber video and that he's fallen on the sword for the other seven people, which... It might be, but at the same time, I've always just got the feeling that they've never really liked him as a person on the team. That's he, fair. He's never really gotten a fair shot. I think he's shown all the underlying numbers suggest that he should be given a shot on the second pair, especially on a team like Ottawa that has never had good defensemen past Eric Carlson or yeah. now Thomas Shabbat. Um, so yeah, I'm, if I'm Edmonton, I'm liking this trade a lot. Yeah, he uh, never reaches the minute cutoff. He only ever did once in my numbers, but... Item was like a number four defenseman. Yeah. Like one year he actually played enough, so. For sure. I, and I think pretty much I've been screaming for a, at least over a year now to play him as the number four guy or yeah. even top pair where he can play with a Shabbat or a Carlson and probably hang in there with them. Like, what is he, Ottawa's third best defenseman? I would say so. This year, I think he'd be after Shabbat and DeMello. That's what I was thinking. And he's just never, never gotten a chance. Last year he would have been after Carlson and probably Shabbat. Like, he's better than CeCe, he's better than Borwecki, he's better than Jaros, who's struggled this year as much as people like him. Lajoie has been alright, but his possession numbers have been kind of poor. I'd say Weidman's better than him. He's better than Harper, like... It's not that hard to be better than no, Harper. No, Like, yeah, I don't know, I think he's... I've always liked his game. He's a good puck-moving defenseman, which is what you need in today's NHL, and coaches just never liked him, so... That's weird. Yeah. And for Edmonton, like, Chiarelli makes a good trade. Uh, it's pretty bad when you're losing a trade with Edmonton. Yeah, losing a, <laughs> losing a trade to Chiarelli is pretty rough. Dorian's now lost a trade with Chiarelli and Benning in the past two years. Yeah, that's, that's so. pretty bad. 
And at the time when he lost the trade to Sackick, that was considered like, yeah, like there was not a lot of faith in Joe Sackick yeah. when the Matt Duchesne trade. Oh, that yeah, either. that trade pretty much flipped their perception yeah. on him. They're like, oh wow, maybe he's not that bad. I don't even know who's on Edmonton's defense core. He could replace Kevin Gravel on the third. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Garrison. Oh my, Matt Benning, Chris Russell. Throwing on there. Yeah, like he should get minutes on that pair. Like I. It's weird thinking he's going to play under Ken Hitchcock, which we'll get into in a second. I saw something saying he's the exact type of defenseman Ken Hitchcock would hate. Yeah, and like just the type of person from what I've gathered, like his personality is very you know party like. And I don't know if that fits Hitchcock, but whatever. Like I imagine Hitchcock must have had something to say within that. And yeah, I assume they would at least run it by the coach. Yeah, like they got eight guys on the roster now. I wonder what they're going to do. Yeah, it was defenseman. good for Edmonton though. Their decor leaves a lot to be desired outside of Clough Bomb, so Yeah, and whatever. He's a good puck moving defenseman. You know, you can use that. Yeah. And what's a sixth round pick? Like a five percent chance at an NHL defenseman? Yeah, like if that, like yeah. I would say, yeah. Like it, it's smart pick up there. Um mm-hmm. It reminded me of uh the Leafs Connor Carrick. Yeah. Guy who just has like, you know, good enough underlying numbers, but never really seems to get a chance under the, by the coach. And then yeah, I mean, and even like Weidman was like fifty four in possession, like fifty four core C four percentage. A lot. That's like, pretty good on yeah. the sense. Yeah, like maybe I don't know what he was. I can I can take a look this year. Corsica is not down after the mini heart attack. I think everyone had last yeah. last night. It was or fun yeah, seeing like, uh, all of hockey Twitter panic and yeah. collectively breathe a sigh of relief. I thought about. it. I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do without this. Like, I use it for every article. Yeah. I guess not. At, at the moment, I was. I just thought, thank God for evolving hockey. But yeah, it was good timing. For all right, it so this year he struggled. He's had forty five percent, four percent this year. What's the team at? So he's third on the on the blue line in Corsi four. Right behind percentage. the two people we behind figured he'd be better than Chabot and Demello. Yeah. So I mean, like, and then last year, I want to say he was. He's always been like a positive on-off guy. Like yeah. I've always been better with him on the ice than yeah. off. And I mean, he has had easy competition, but that's the exact type of guy that I would rather see out there trying, getting a chance instead of knowing that. Mark Borwecki and Cody Cece is going to kill you every night. Yeah, like, well, that's the thing a lot of people realize is, like, not every player who plays on a third pair crushes their minutes. Like, even if he is just a good third-pairing guy, there's value to someone who does well on the third pair. Yeah, and, like, I would say he's a much above-average third-pair guy if that's what he is and he can't play in a second-pair role. Like, yeah. like that's fine. You want up. that kind of guy on your team because it does matter. We'll move on to the next piece of Edmonton uh, news. We'll start with the Strong trade, their second trade, or their first trade of the week, I guess. So they traded Ryan Strom for Ryan Spooner to um, the New York Rangers. So they turned Everly into Spooner. And some points from Strom <laughs> is pretty much... I just... I don't know how Chiarelli has a job. Like, yeah. I don't. I ask myself that so many times a week, and I just don't have an answer. I, yeah, I didn't think this trade was bad in itself. It was more of just like... Like, I was very indifferent about this trade, but the fact that you could have just had Jordan Eberle the whole time is pretty bad. Yeah, and just, like, like I don't think you got killed by taking Spooner instead of Strom, but I do think it was probably a slight, I don't know, like, what I saw there was at least a slight upgrade, but in, just in general, it's like, like I, like, I guess good to admit that you have a sunk cost, but the problem is you didn't really do anything with that sunk cost. Like, Yeah, it's like, if you're going to admit that you lost a trade and then flip him for something more useful, then yeah, like enough, but... 
And like I don't know, I guess a change of scenery. They're just hoping for both guys uh, yeah. works itself out. You got Spooner under contract for another year, and uh, he was supposed to be at four million, but the Rangers held on to nine hundred k of the cap, so it would stay the exact same. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think the trade in itself was horrible. I don't under, really understand how they're gonna change the scenery. It's just it makes you really look and go, wow. They really got killed on that Jordan Everly deal. Yeah. Like, really got killed. Yeah, like, these guys are third-liners, whereas Everly is, like, a legitimate first-line talent. <laughs> yeah. And it's... It's it's kind of... It feels like it's beating a dead horse sometimes, but it's really amazing to just think about all the talent that they have wasted. And they continue to just run their good players out of town, like... Yeah, like it's Pugliarvi's fault that he's not doing well. It's yeah. not the fact that he's playing on the fourth line with no one. Like, oh man, it's it's a headache. And Edmonton media is some of the best thing I think we have ever been given on hockey Twitter. Like, <laughs> yes, it is just so. It's such a parody of itself. Jim Matheson has gone from defending the Larson trade to his grave to the point where he says, "Well, this wasn't the coach's fault. It's how the roster was constructed." Well, of course it was. What do you how do you think, you know, like having Taylor Hall on your team or Jordan Everly on your team would be a great addition to that roster? It's it's insane. I don't know. So pretty much what they so they make a couple moves, they have two trades and they fire their coach. Uh, out goes Todd McClellan, in comes Ken Hitchcock. I'm I get the point of firing a coach when your team is down. It's kind of the same thing, so I was not, obviously not as much. We talked last week, or two weeks ago about, no, last week, about Quenville. That's what this reminded me yeah, of. Yeah, but not quite to the same extreme. For Quenville, yeah. he's a definite top five coach, and you know it's not his fault. With McClellan, there was rumors that he doesn't handle the young guys as great as he could, and he's not as great of a coach, but I do think McClellan is a good coach. Well, what uh, the criticisms of McClellan reminded me of is, remember when we talked about Babcock a while ago, and I said, if you think Babcock's special for having these blind spots, you don't pay enough attention to the rest of the league, because literally every coach has the exact same ones. Yeah. McClellan fits right into that category, Oh, for for sure. And, I mean, his special teams last year were just abysmal, and I think that, like, if that's his assistant coach or whatever, but... You need to be able to step in and try and help address that as the head coach. Yeah. But I think overall, like, he's a fine coach. He's a very average coach. I would expect to see him at least in the talk for another job at some point. Oh, he'll definitely get a job, yeah. I think. Maybe he has to go assist in somewhere and work a way up to head coach. But, like, yeah, like, I don't know. I this is The mess that Edmonton is in is ten times more on Chiarelli than uh, McClellan, but McClellan yes. takes the fall for now. That's what I uh, I mean with the Quenville comparison. It reminded me of a GM firing his last bullet. Yeah, pretty much. And there was a lot of people I've heard on Twitter and like Edmonton Twitter that said, you know, if a new GM comes in, we want them to take fire McClellan as well. And fine with that, get a new start. I don't know if Ken Hitchcock is the, the way to go, but you know what? Ken Hitchcock is known for being a defensive specialist, and that's where they feel like they need to crack down. So maybe it'll work. Like I don't, I guess. Like I don't know. I'm, I don't have much to say on that. Like I, I think there's something to be said about switching a coach if you think it's the right move. I think just firing Quenville to fire Quenville and thinking your team's gonna get better from that is idiotic. But bringing in a guy who's known to have defensive systems, eh, like there's good and bad. I would say we should probably wait till uh, we actually get results. For sure. Like well, what do you? Play they're one and zero with them. Yeah. What do that, you play? That's, that's good to me. 
<laughs> True. <laughs> what do you play McDavid though? It was like 25 minutes in the first yeah, game or whatever. He played, so like, I forget the list of people that he played. It was like McDavid and Dreisaitl were both above their season average. Kajula? Kajula. Kajula. He's the, he was well above his season average because he was on their line. He played yeah, seven winner, minutes above. So that makes sense. Um, Lucic played under his season average. Yeah, he had Lucic. Cassian like, was above. Yeah, like he came in as like... Everyone thought he was going to try to make Connor McDavid defensive, but, like, well, and I don't know. Because someone took that quote and took it way out of context. But the full quote, I can pull it up here. It really made sense, I thought, when uh, you look at the full thing. It was pretty much kind of talking about how he wants them to, you know, get the puck from his own end. But, like, it's not just, yeah, we're going to make him play defense, right? Like, it was just like, like, yeah, he does a lot of great things. Like, he's a future Hall of Famer. I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that he doesn't want to turn Connor McDavid into Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, so here's the full quote. It's, My focus is building his game from our end out. He needs to have the puck more, as do all of our centers, because all of that is one of the strengths of our team. We have to find ways to get them the puck more deeper. That is going to be the focus starting tomorrow in practice. I think understanding the value of playing inside the dots and being a support sp- position where you're closer to the puck everywhere. You're closer to the puck when the D has it. You're closer to the puck when the wingers have it. So it ends up on your stick. Your touches are usually double. That is what we want to do is the way we get more touches for the whole center ice position. I think that's a very fair quote. That's very reasonable. Usually your best players are playing center, and when you have Connor <laughs> freaking McDavid, David, you yeah. want him touching the puck as much as you can because he's the best player on the face of this earth. So. And yeah. it's not even close. No. So, like, I think... But it got taken out of context. Someone just pretty much put, I want to work from our end out. And that's all they said. They're like, oh, they're, you know, they're going to try and make McDavid better. Or, like... Or, play de- or yeah, McDavid play defense. blocking yeah. 100 shots. Or it was like that... Because that's a problem. It's like, well, no. He's just saying he wants to get him more touches, which is fair. So... Yeah. Like, coaches are hard enough to evaluate to begin with. I'm not sure yeah. which should be taking Oh, yeah. Definitely. And then... Yeah, exactly. And, like, I don't know. I think... It goes both ways. I think when you have a team that um, has been sometimes a bit of a mess defensively and have let in a lot of goals, it can help to bring in a guy like this, especially when you know you have Connor McDavid out there who's going to be creating offense no matter what system he's playing in. Yep. On the other side of things, you don't. sometimes it hurts because it's just not the style of hockey you play today. But we'll have to see. Yeah, like, give him time. Yeah. There's really no way to know. Exactly. Like, see how the season plays out and if he can balance some stuff out and... Uh, yeah, go from there, I guess. Um, you have anything more to say about Edmonton? No. No? All right. Like, do you think they're a better team overall after this? Like, all, after all three moves? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, like, I'll say yeah. I think the Spooner for Strom was pretty much a wash. I think adding a legit third slash maybe, four, like, second pair defenseman and Weidman's a good thing, and... I don't really have an opinion on Hitchcock versus McClellan. I think they both have their faults and, you know, what they're good at. It depends what Hitchcock's system truly becomes. If it's just, we're not going to play offense, we're just going to try and shut them down defensively and win one nothing games, I don't think that'll be effective. But if it's, we're going to get our centers more driving the play and, you know, moving from our end in, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, I think it's... I don't know if any of these moves are going to make a huge difference. No, they do all seem pretty inconsequential. But, like... I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes a new coach gets the guys going for a couple games. You get some PDO on your side, and yeah, I mean Edmonton needs to make the playoffs. Chirelli knows he needs to make the playoffs. This oh yeah, year, or he's done, like for sure. 
Oh, without question. There's no way you can miss, what, four to five years with them, or three or four with Connor McDavid, yeah. and not be fired. So, And also just trade the reigning MVP. Yeah, and... with your track record of what you've done in that time as well. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess we can move to Arizona. Uh, they signed Chichern to a big extension. Jacob Chichern signed a five, six, six, six years for $4.6 million. I like this deal. I think it's... Uh, it's definitely a betting contract. Yes. You're betting that he's going to keep evolving into a better player. Um, I haven't looked at him too deeply, but I know he was he was injured for the first part of last year, and he was slow getting started. But it seemed like right as he got started and Ranta got healthy, that Arizona team really got started. So I think this is 4.6 could be a steal in a couple years. Yeah, it's a risk that you need to be willing to make if you want to end up with someone on a really good contract. Yeah, and I think it's it. I think it's a very fine risk to take. Like it's not like you're throwing this money at a guy who doesn't look like he's developed anything. Like he does look like a solid player. Yeah. Yeah, I think this has the potential to be one of those um deals that we look at and go, "Wow, that was that was That's really, really good. good." Yeah. Some of the Carolina defensemen that we're starting to look at now and go or like the the Nashville defenseman that we looked at a year or two ago, like how are they that cheap? Yeah, this but, could be one of those. Yeah, and maybe not to that extent, but I think four point six is a pretty solid bet. And we've talked about their defense core a lot. It's it's solid. Like, it is very good. It's good. I saw some people talking about like uh, Chickering has been fairly insignificant so far. Like he's been close enough to league average, which doesn't sound like the kind of person you want to lock in for six years at four point six. But doing at a Age nineteen, yeah, is an, another thing completely that very few people can do. Yeah, so. it's not like this is a twenty six year old or something, or a thirty year old that's playing very league average, and you're giving him six years. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a Carl Alsner type deal, right? Like, yeah, like if he was torching the SHL instead of putting up average. slightly below yeah. league average results in the NHL, people would be going nuts about well, him. Yeah, it's like the the Nolan Patrick and to even some extent Nico Heischer argument, where it's just like versus Elias Pettersson, where it's like. Well, one was torching a much inferior league, and the other was playing as a legit first liner in the best yeah. league in the world. Another was just average yeah. at age nineteen. So, yeah, like well, Pedersen was actually special. At least I saw people talking about like middle stad versus no, Shea. It's yeah, like, yeah, that's when guys are too busy at being first line centers in the NHL to bully at the World Juniors. Yeah, I just say because the worst part is like middle stad. Like his numbers weren't even great in college. Like his scoring no. rate wasn't awesome. But, no, yeah. I I know I don't mind it. I think Arizona's a team that uh, I think they're around five hundred right now. They could actually make the playoffs. This I hope. Year. I really do hope they do. Um, just I don't think I can remember last time they made it. Like watching, I think it was uh, two thousand eleven. Yeah, because Smith carried them there. Like, yeah, because it was when. it was when was two thousand eleven or two because he he went to the Olympics. It was that stretch where he was a, an Olympic goaltender. So it would have had to be two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. I guess that sounds right. Yeah, because they've basically been just they've the most been, forgettable team yeah, in the league. Yeah, since I've really closely started watching hockey, they have been bad. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, I, I just, because I would have been 11 years old when that happened. Yeah. And I just saw, I have not remembered Arizona playoff hockey. I want to see what it looks like. Yeah, Phoenix, and the, they got swept in 2011. Awesome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> By the Detroit Red Wings. I guess the Wings were good back then. That's how long ago this was. Yeah. That Detroit still another and then Detroit got beat by San Jose, got beat by Vancouver. Who uh, got beat by Boston. Yeah. They lost to the team that lost to the team that lost to the team. Because I don't think they made it in 2013. That would have been the only other one, but I don't think they did. 
I have no idea, to be perfectly honest. Someone's probably just screaming behind their phone, like, what are you doing, you idiots? Nah, they didn't. Yeah, so I guess they tell them a lot, but I do hope they make the playoffs. I think they would be a fun team or an interesting team to finally see in there, just as a change, even. Like, I want to see how full their building is so I can chirp someone else for not having a full <laughs> building. I think it was, like, nuts last time. I remember yeah. them having, like, huge waves of everyone wearing the white shirts and stuff. Yeah. I think. They're seventh in the um, Pacific right now. Nine, nine, and two. They're um, seventh in yeah, the Pacific? Seventh. Never mind. That's pretty but bad. they're also only three points away from third. Okay, fair enough. So, that like, the whole Pacific division. The Flames and the Sharks are 27 points, 26 points. Then you got the Ducks, Canucks, Oilers, Knights, and Coyotes within 23 to 20. And the Kings at 15. Okay, so they can so, still nab a wild card oh, or whatever. for sure. Um, that, yeah, that Pacific's wide open. I'd expect the Canucks to keep sliding. I would expect the Golden Knights to go up a little bit, and then them and the Oilers probably battle it out with a couple of the central teams for a wild card. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because on the other side, you got the Predators, the Wild, who have been very good this year, uh, the Jets. Who haven't been. No, who has. haven't been great, but you would expect those three teams to be locks. Uh, the Avalanche have been... Pretty good. Like they're at twenty six points. The stars have been good, and then the Blackhawks and the Blues. Like that's a that's that's been a decent division this year. This is a very good division. The Blues have really struggled, and uh, we can that's a nice per- perfect segue there. Um, so they fired their coach Mike Yo, and they hired Craig Berube, who was I believe he was an assistant or was he a minor league coach? I've heard the name before. I feel like he was in Philly. He's a pro he hockey player. He was their assistant coach for the past two years, and then he was in he was the head coach in Philly That's in thirteen, fourteen, and fourteen, fifteen, and he was assistant coach for a while before that in Philly. But yeah, so they hired him. Um, it sounds like they're going to go on a huge search this year for a new head coach. He will probably still be in that discussion, but they made it sound like they were going to Europe to the NCAA, and they're going to just interview everyone and. I don't hate that at all. I would throw all of the money in the world at Quenville. Yeah, I would too. I don't... If that's in the cards. Yeah, like I don't know if Quenville will want to come back, but, you know, I think there's, again, a lot of teams who should be looking at that this offseason. Yeah. Um, Because St. Louis has been the most disappointing team in the league. For sure, and it's not even like they just get in PDO'd. Like, they've been bad. Yeah. They've been legitimately bad. They're actually getting outchanced and outshot. Yeah. Like, they rank 24th in Corsi 4 percentage. Yeah, so they're not controlling the puck well. No, and they rank 25th in X goals percentage. They don't even have shot quality as no. a crutch to fall back on. It's pretty much been, thank God for that Ryan O'Reilly trade. because they Yeah, have he's been, been killing it. And I will say an underrated piece that no one's talking about right now because we expect St. Louis to be good. A first-round pick went back in that Ryan O'Reilly trade. It's yeah, lottery it protected, protected this year though. for the top 10, but... Dare I say, I don't know. Maybe that'll be the new thing. Just try to find teams you think are going to fall into yeah. the playoffs and then trade for the first-round pick. Yeah, and it's But it's weird because, like, I would not have expected... Like, I had St. Louis competing for second, maybe, in this division. Like, if at their very peak, I thought that yeah. could have been a thing. And they've just been... They've been bad, but they have a roster that I like. Like, like the hole is so much less than the sum of their parts yeah, right like, now. Yeah, like, Tarasenko, love him. O'Reilly, love him. Steen, Schwartz, Shen, they're all good. Yeah. Bozak's a great third-line center. Perron's a great middle-six guy. Fabry, like, he's coming back off of injuries, but it, he's looking good. Robert Thomas, Ivan Barbashev, Oscar Sundquist, like, all these guys. It's just like... Yeah, like, they have talent. Yeah, on your decor, Periaco and Petrangelo, like, Vince Dunn. I mean, I don't know how he's done, but I know they were expecting... 
He was fine last year. Yeah, like they're expecting a big. And then, you know, Bomeister's taking a huge step back, but Edmondson, Gunnarsson, Schmaltz to line that out. Like, it's not the worst. Yeah. Jake Jake Allen, I think, has even been all right this year. Like, I can double check that real quick, but I don't think he's been an absolute Achilles heel like he has been in the past. Like he was projected to be. Yeah. Like, like, so it's. Like, if you told me that they were seventh in the Central at this point, I would have told you. And it had to be like, because of Allen. Yeah, I was saying, like, deservedly so. Yeah. I would have been like, you're crazy. Like, there's no way. Okay, maybe I take that back a little bit. He's already at minus four GSAA, but still. That's not horrible. No, but still. Like, yeah, I think this has been one of the coach firings this year that I think the coach has actually deserved it. Oh, in terms without of, question. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I just never thought he was a great coach. I was a little confused on why they even brought him on in the first place. And, like... How they had him on the bench to they knew he was gonna replace Hitchcock and that was weird. And they said it was gonna be at the end of the year, and they're like, no, just kidding, it's actually gonna be right in the middle of the year. Like nothing about that made sense. No, and, it didn't. Like you just got such a better lineup than you've been playing. And I Patrick Maroon's on IR right now, but still, like he if he, he shouldn't be the reason that your team goes from no. a legit cup threat or an outside cut cup contender to not making the playoffs anywhere close. Yeah, but. like, they're so deep. I don't get it. No, me either. And, like, yeah, like, I just don't know what's wrong with this team. I, it'd be interesting to see someone do a, a deep dive on that and just see where yeah. where this team's going wrong. Because I haven't watched them a lot either. But, like, yeah, like, with all the talent on your team, this should not be a team that's in the bottom six for shots and possession. Like, no. like most teams would kill for Pareko and Petrangelo on the right side. Yeah, with a center core of... O'Reilly, Shen, Bozak, and then Tarasenko, Steen, and Schwartz as your wingers. Yeah. Like Schwartz is like one of the most underrated players in the league. Tarasenko's yeah. obviously a beast. Steen's like, fine. Like O'Reilly's amazing. He's another. He's one of the most underrated centers in the league. Yeah. He doesn't put up to point totals. Well, he does now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now that he left Buffalo. Yeah, Bozak. If you use him right, can be one of the great, like a great third line center. Yeah. Like crush third line minutes. Yeah, I. It's. It's definitely a team that I will be keeping an eye on because I want to see if they can turn it around. Yeah, for I sure. I don't know anything really about Craig Berube, um, so I can't even really comment. It'll be interesting to see what he does and if he, he makes any big changes. I know Elliot Friedman on the 31 Thoughts podcast this week was talking about how um, it hasn't been publicly said to him or anything like that, but it's been kind of out there that the, the organization has been disappointed with Tarasenko this year. So that's something to keep your eyes that. on. His uh, numbers aren't quite as impressive in recent years as you might think on yeah. his name. But so not that he's been bad. No, but, but that's something to to definitely keep an eye on. I think. And I don't. Do you have anything else for that? No, they're just super underwhelming, and hopefully this turns them around. Yeah, um, we got. We're almost at the thirty minute mark. We'll do one more piece of news. Kristen um, Veselainen went to the. KHL today, he was playing, I believe, with the Manitoba Moose is the Jets' AHL team. Yep. Um, he went to... He's going to the KHL, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so he went to the KHL. He was drafted at... From, uh, oh, Yokrit in the KHL. So he was a guy that I thought was maybe going to make the Jets full-time this year and didn't. Yeah. And, I don't know, I guess he wants to go make more money over there. It'll be interesting to see. People didn't really make a huge deal out of this as, like, he's going to stay over there long term. So, I'm wondering if maybe he just wanted to be closer to home, make a little more money than he would in the AHL, and uh, 
play on a better team or whatever and then come back next year and try and make the Jets? Or yeah. if the Jets informed them they don't think they were going to be calling them up this year or what? But He's a point per game in the AHL yeah. before he left. I know. Like, yeah, he was a solid player. I was expecting to see him up at some point. Or, I, yeah, I thought he was going to Kyle Connor it. Yeah. Or he comes up mid-year and then... Or maybe they just figure... They figure that they, you know, they're getting into cap trouble. They're going to need guys on ELCs for three years like him. So maybe they didn't want to use him this year, which I guess is fair enough. Like that would be smart. It's not like part. Winnipeg's lacking on depth on their team or anything like that at no. forwards. So I, I don't know. I just I, that took me by surprise a little bit. But uh, people didn't seem to make a huge deal out of it in terms of this is a bad thing for the organization long term. So If you're a contender, you're incentivized to let ELCs slide. Yeah, like that's what I'm thinking too, especially one like the Jets where it's like some contenders have a problem on their bottom line or it's like, yeah, they're a contender, but they could use an upgrade and he could be the perfect one. But like, like who's he replacing here? He's not obviously Shifley, Ehlers, Wheeler, Little, Perot, Lowry, Tanev, Kopp, Line, Connor, God, they're so Roslovic, good. Patan, and Lemieux. That's their fault. Like, I don't think he's going to replace any of those guys. Maybe Lemieux. But even then, like, just leave Lemieux on his last year of his deal and keep him up there because I don't think he's been that bad either. Is that, like, And he's probably the 13th forward on this team. Yeah, just Maybe. burn his ELC. Yeah, like... Or let it slide. I yeah, think. exactly. So... Yeah. Wanna... Sammy Niku got called up. Thank God. I love Sammy Niku. Yeah. I don't know. This is a good team. I They'll figure it out. I want to see them get a defenseman, I think, at the deadline. I don't even know. There's, like, no good defenseman yeah, like I don't, this year. Yeah. Try and find their own Kempney-type player, like last yeah. year, I guess. Eric Gustafson's still in Chicago. He's going to be the next Kempney from the exact same team. I think he's still in Chicago anyways. I think so, too, yeah. He always crushes his underlying numbers. You mm-hmm. want to hit the Duchesne rumor? Sure. So what was it? So it is. it was rumored that... That was the other thing we were going to talk about, right? Between slash above eight... And just under nine for eight years is the rumor for Matt Duchesne. And I came out on Twitter and I said, this is going to be a very not good contract if the auto senders sign it. And it's going to be a not very good contract for whoever. And it's even dumber for auto to sign it. And yeah, you got ratioed on that. Well, I did. But the weird thing was like four of the comments were people going, yeah, I agree. They just didn't leave a like. So it's like, it was like, I think the final ended like 13 to eight or something like that. But, um, it was only, like, four or five people who kind of disagreed. And there was one or two that I think you know, I had a discussion. And, like, I don't, like, I, I don't, as much as I know it sucks to see Matt Duchesne leave, and it pretty much admits that you're losing that trade for sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, that was happening anyways. Yeah, but, like, come on. Like, the thing is, so here's my argument against it. A, he's not going to be worth that money in four years at a maximum. I would argue he is not worth that money today. Yeah, like, if you want to play the percentage cap, I could see why he'd be around 8.5-ish for a year or two. But he's already, what, I think he's 28 or 29, and he's been regressing throughout his career. Yeah. This isn't a guy who's going to be elite until he's 34. No, like, he has shown signs of aggressive decline yeah, throughout and like his he, career And already. he's looked good this year, but, like, he's just from his rookie year where he was legitimately, like, one of the top guys in the league... He's never been that since. Yeah. And it's just like... Like, he peaked as, like, a legitimate top 20-ish player in the league. And yeah. And he is absolutely and not now, bad anymore. Like, you get weird looks from people when you suggest that he's maybe... It's being generous to call him a 30th center in the league. Mm-hmm. Or twenty top 25 center. Or, sorry, a 25th center. That's the thing to me. It's just like, I don't... It doesn't make sense for Ottawa in general, or any team, 
But then I had a couple people arguing, well, that's the price of business in the NHL. I was like, it would be if you're a team like Washington who's got to go for it now. Yeah. It's not the price of business for a team who, I'm sorry, they're going to be bad for three or four years. They yeah. are going to be bad. There's no, They're not getting suddenly better next year. Their underlings are bad this year, so it's not like they're going to, like this run, they've been overachieving and they're still only 11th in the conference. That's not going to get yeah, better. Yeah, that's bad. That's not getting better next year. You can tank properly next year or even just keep trying to rebuild. Then you've probably got another year yet. So there's three years at least of sucking. By that time, you'll be in the third year of his deal and it'll already be starting to get bad. So in about five or six years or seven, when you're ideally needing cap space to sign your new young guys, you're going to have Matt Duchesne on the books, $8.5 to $9 million, and he's not going to be worth it because he's going to be, if you're lucky, a second line set. Yeah. If you're lucky. Like... It doesn't make any sense to me, but they're going to do it because they won't want to admit they lost the trade. Well, to be fair, it's never worked out poorly for Ottawa where you overpay someone (laughs) because you just traded for them. Yeah, like... The Bobby Ryan contract looks great today. Yeah. Like, ah, man. And the only hope I have right now, and it's so ironic given how the past year has turned out, is that Melnick is going to be too cheap to want to pay two guys $9 million, and I'm praying that they keep Mark Stone over Matt Duchesne. Yes, oh, definitely. That, that is the only thing I am hoping that saves them from this contract. Yeah, I saw it floated that, like, maybe they should consider keeping Duchesne and that, instead of Stone, and that would be, like, the biggest mistake Ottawa could possibly make, I Yeah, think. for sure. Like, I just, it's... I'm going to find a Reddit post. Oh, no. So I was just browsing Reddit before I was going to bed last night. I was like, yeah, let's see see what they're saying. That's never a good idea. Click on the Matt Duchesne rumor. I was like, hmm, all right, this should be interesting. First thing, Duchesne signing would almost, if not totally, validate what we what was traded to get him. Would be a huge <laughs> win for the Sens and an even, even bigger one for Dorian. <laughs> Next comment, and considering if he keeps up his production right now, we honestly didn't give up very much for an elite 1C. Get out of here. Like, the Sens have the highest shooting percentage in the league right now. Don't make eight-year decisions off a 20-game sample in which you've grossly outperformed reality. And I know it's Reddit. Like <laughs> going on Reddit's usually a bad idea. If you could it. have all the Melnick fans in the world, they would be on Reddit, I think. But still, like we didn't give up that much. Like <laughs> even if this pick ends up being the tenth overall pick, you gave up a tenth, Kyle Turris, or like the possibility <laughs> to have Sam Gerard and Kamenev. Yeah, the opportunity cost of those two. A third. Andrew Hammond, who's looking like you could have used him right about now. Mm-hmm. Who is the prospect they gave up? Chain Bowers. Another they, first round pick. Yeah, another first round pick who I don't think is that special, but still. His true talent probably isn't a first round, but you still did pick him in the first round. And I think that was it. But still, how is that not a lot for a quote? Like, I guess if he was a true elite 1C, I would agree, but. Yes. He's not an elite 1C. <laughs> like if that was the Ryan O'Reilly package. And don't get me Maybe. wrong. Yeah, don't get me wrong. He's been great this year. He's been their third best player, second best forward. He's over point per game, and he he and Stone are pretty much the only two guys, I think, who are constantly above 50 in possession rates. That makes sense. But still, he's not 
Yeah, like, like I, I don't know. I just he's overrated because of the trade, and it's unfortunate. Like, yes. So uh, I've I've his comparables off the past decade. I have his closest comparables at age twenty-seven, as Gustav Nyquist, Rich Peverly, UC Jokinen, Nick Benino, and Alish Hemsky. That's All a, of which are fine players, but like... That's not a list you want to be compared to when you're signing yeah. a contract. Like, I do have them as slightly better than all of those players, but mainly because of face-offs. Yeah. <laughs> so like, 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 this year's at 27 points in 22 games. That's great. But he's now, he like, four points off of Drake Batherson, who's playing unsustainably well as well. It's just like... Like, I don't. I just don't know how to get through to because so, like it's frustrating. Cause, and with all the 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 bad that Ottawa fans have gone through in the past year and a bit, it's understandable why they want just some glimmer of hope. They're like, yes. no, Duchesne's really good, but you just got to take a step back and like I, I don't know. Like he has topped sixty points twice. Yep, he had fifty nine last year, and he had a rough start last year with Ottawa, which is unfortunate. Yeah. The other thing is, like, he's only played 80 or more games three times in his career, mm-hmm. which doesn't, like, I don't know if some of them, like, there's been a couple seasons where he's, like, 71, 76, 77, but still, like, going forward, that's not super ideal. Actually, I guess he played, yeah, he played all 82 last yeah. year, so four times, but. Well, like, I'll, I'll bet anyone he never tops his age 23 season again. No, probably which was not. was in 13, 14. No, yeah, and, like. That's when he was worth that kind of money yeah. once in his career. So, like, you just... You shouldn't be giving that kind of money. It's it's going to happen, though. You know it will. I have a feeling it will. Like, he would be the perfect number two on a team. Yeah, he's a great number two. Like, he would be an elite number two, I think. But... And he's a fine number one, like, in terms of he can play number one yeah, and just... not get absolutely murdered. But, like, he just... I don't know, like... I would put him if he if you want to call him a one center or a one C he's not above twenty five he's in that Nazem Kadri tier of one C yeah like, like it's like twenty five to thirty five or it's like ideally you want this guy on your second line but like if you have to like he's pretty much what people thought Kyle Turris was for the longest time yeah and what he Kyle is exactly Turris what, what Kyle Turris was, was for a while like yeah and like people are gonna take that as an insult I think but like it's it's true like yeah he's just not I like. I would not want basically anyone on an eight-year contract starting at age 28 unless they are, like, elite. Yeah, and, like, like even Eric Carlson, I understand why giving him an eight-year deal would be scary for a lot of teams. Yes, and he is significantly better yeah. at his position than Matt Duchesne has ever been. Exactly. Never mind is right now, five years after his peak. Exactly. Like, And I should clarify the Eric Carlson comments. If you're a contender, you should absolutely look at signing him now because he will help you so, so much in the next three or four years. Yeah. But there's always going to be the concern at the end of that contract it's not going to look Actually, good. Actually, he's a pretty big minus right now. <laughs> so, like, and he only scored his first goal the other night, so he's been struggling. Yep. Um, yeah, the, I guess the, the one thing, and this is not something you should rely on if you're Ottawa, but um, the one thing, I don't know if this is going to happen, but... I would be interested to see in the next CBA that they negotiate if they put something in there where if a player retires, it's no, no cap retention on the books, but you still have to pay it out or they can just retire. Hmm. I wonder, and I say this because, like, and I have no idea, I've not heard a rumor of this, but there's been so many teams that are signing these eight-year deals that are going to absolutely kill, kill them in the future. There's like 
Like, you can go through the teams. There's probably 15 teams that have a real bad eight-year deal like that. There's a lot of teams right? with some bad long-term so contracts. I just wonder if, you know, when pretty much the entire league has a contract like that, where they, they either go, hey, you know, it would be really nice if we could just, you know, buy these players out without a penalty or, like, have them retire or whatever. But, like... What do they call that they do after lockouts? Compliance buyouts. Yeah. That's the other option. Yeah, like, so I just... I don't. I wonder if something like that comes up, and then you don't actually have to worry about it. But that's not something you should be banking on signing this contract, right? No. Like, but like, that's what that's, I was just kind of thinking about that the other day because I was like, you could probably run through the teams who have a bunch of disgustingly long contracts that are going to be real bad. But then again, like I guess you look like Detroit's living through that right now. Yeah. Like, and they're not. They're, they have to suck it up. I mean, they're just kind of trucking through it. Yeah. Like they they're not quite as bad because they got four point two five, three million, four million, right? But like. When you look at what the percentage of the cap was when that was signed, it's not. It's different, but it's not overly different. Like it's the same to a, idea to a seven or eight mil deal now. Like I don't know. I, I I don't. Again, I have no idea. I'm not going off of anything there. I was just like that is just something I'm thinking about. Is if both sides or the league would even agree to something like that? Because um, I don't really know how that would work. Like if, if if both sides agreed, if it would be fine, or like if the team paid him out or something like that. But that would just be a buyout, I guess. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, that's for sure. Yeah, like, no matter, or like I said, compliance bios, like this deal has that written all over it if they do consider giving them 8x8 or something like that. I just don't think you should, like, you got to admit you have a somewhat of a sunk cost in terms of what the trade was. you got to stop trying to make that trade look good. Yeah, they screwed up. Yeah, like. That's just a fact at this point. Like, keep them to the deadline. Trade them then, but you know, keep them to the deadline so you can keep the pick as high as you can. Trade them then, and yeah, go from there. But like, and I don't know, like, I there is something to be said about having a mentor for the young guys. But when that mentor is going to kill you in terms of the cap, like if this was a five year deal, I would be so much less disappointed or worried about it. Yeah, I agree. because even if it turns out bad in the last two or three years, you can eat that. You well, can for sure eat that. AAV will almost never kill you as much as term will. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like. Yeah, it's just the fact that you'd be paying him eight point five in eight years when he's thirty six years old. Like, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't see that turning out well at all. But I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say other than that. I think for the week. Was, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, I. I'm worried, but when am I not worried about this team? <laughs> Fair. And they had a, some news. I guess real quick they had some news out about Lebreton Flats. I have no idea what it was. It's just that it doesn't look like it's gonna get done. But their new arena, so that's awesome. That's like the least surprising news I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, I think it was the mayor that came out and said pretty much Melnick is not working well with them and it might not get done. Shocker. Yeah, but until next week, I guess. I'm um, sure something else terrible will have happened by then. Probably. Ooh, did real quick, I guess. Did you see the Trocheck injury? Oh, God, That yeah. was nasty. That was bad. I hope he's all right. He's, it sounds like it's long-term. Oh, I believe like, that. That was gross. I'm not. It wasn't as bad as the Alex Smith injury in football the night before. Did you see that? I did not see that. I'll show you when his his leg was like dangling. Did that get sent into our chat? I don't think so. Um, maybe it did. I can't remember, but it was bad. It was gross. It was like, it was the same type of injury that Hayward had for the Celtics, or or no, sorry, not the yeah that Hayward had where and the college guy that his bone was sticking oh, out of his leg. You know, like uh, the Anderson Silva one. Yeah. Where he, was it like that? Where yeah, his legs like, like dangling. Yeah, like I can show thing. you. It's just like it, you. He goes down. You're like your leg. What on earth is happening oh. there? It was so bad. But yeah. Hopefully everyone 
recovers eventually, but that's you never like to see that. Some nice mental images for everyone at the end. Then. Yeah, pretty much. Um, thanks for listening, guys. We'll probably be back next week. Um, if we miss a week here or two from now, it's because exams are on, but uh, we'll probably use this as a study break at some point throughout the week and try and get on. Yeah. If you have anything... Any comments or anything, let me know or Chase know. I'm on Twitter at NHL Sends and stuff. Chase is on Twitter at CMHockey66. You can find my stuff at lastwordonhockey.com. I I had the Sends quarterly review up this past week, so you can go check that out. And I don't know what I'm going to be getting up late or this coming week. But, yeah, keep an eye out there for all the articles. And uh, thanks for watching or watching, listening, and we'll see you guys next week.